Monday 10 a.m. podcast, bro. Get it in early. No, we appreciate you uh, coming through, bro. You're fucking obviously a legend and no problem. appreciate you coming through. No problem. What, what's your like day-to-day like? Like uh, how busy are you even just like today? I'm pretty busy today because I'm doing promos for uh, the Ninja Turtles and shit. I'm, I'm playing uh, Superfly, the, the villain in the, in the new Ninja Turtles uh, animation, so... That's fucking awesome. And shit What's that. it like being involved in that? It's fun because I remember taking my my sons and my daughter to see the Ninja Turtles when they did the first movie. And so, you know, I know it's been like several movies and shit. So it's cool to to kind of see the evolution of it. And like this one is directed by Seth Rogen. So damn. It's, it's, you know, it's it's next level. Is this your, that's your first animated, first voiceover? Nah, nah, I've done, I've done a few. Um, first one I did was, uh, damn, what's that fucking movie called? <laughs> uh, play uh, The Candle Maker. Beauty and the Beast? Nah, 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 nah. It, it was, uh, it was kind of a, Latin flavor. I didn't see that one. To the uh, the name will come to me, man. What do you like doing better, the animated or the the real films? Both of them cool, you know. Both of them dope. Um, Animation is is a lot easier. Yeah. Um, and a lot less time consuming. Yeah. You know, you you go in there maybe seven, eight times. And you do like three, four hours of voiceover, pretty much, so you can get it done quick. Yeah, yeah. I feel like the, I feel like the animated movies are harder to get into nowadays compared to like the old ones, like Lion King, Finding Nemo. Like there's just so many your classics. Ass is older, that's why. Yeah, you got more responsibilities, probably. You know what I mean? But if you was a youngster, you know what I mean, you'd probably be able to get into it because. Less things on your mind, you know, when you're younger. Well, Seth Rogen did this one. It's probably, it's pretty funny, right? It's funny. You know, but I mean, it's PG. So it's it's not like, it's not like, it's, it's probably as crazy as he wanted to go. But, yeah. But uh, what was that? It's, 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 it's hella entertaining. I just, I saw it yesterday. When does it come I out? I saw it Saturday. It come out uh, a little later this summer, I think around the, August 4th, I think. All right. August 4th, yeah. We'll attend the premiere with you if you want. Come on with it. Let's do it. Come on with it, man. What's no What's your favorite part of, like, that industry to, like, work in? Like, what's your favorite role um, to play? I like I like writing. You know, I like uh, producing. Um, acting is fun. Directing is hard as hell. Uh, I like editing. Really, like you edit the too? Movies. Well, I don't physically, you know, touch the keys. Yeah, but um, I do cut the, you know, flick and like make sit sure with an it's, it's yeah, it, it's make sure it's moving in the right way. Um, make sure it's entertaining. Uh, make sure it don't have no dead spots. Uh, make sure it's good. Make sure we're using the best shots because sometimes you know the editor is not on the set, so he. Might not remember all the shots. Yeah. So you have to say, you know, I mean, you can only use one. You shoot a thousand different angles, but you only can use one. And you're on set, so you can remember, like, yeah. oh, this angle was like, I remember this one was fire for a certain reason. Yeah, you remember certain things that you say, that should be in the movie. And when you see the cut and it's not in the movie, you got to be like, yo, look for this shot because it's way better than the shot you're using. That's dope that you play, like, every role like that. To me, that's the best part of it. That's the fun of it. Like, I really watch them when they come out, when they're done. Because, you know, we spend months getting them done, getting it right. It's like a a guy putting together a car or something, you know. Put it together. He may not drive it a lot because his fun was putting it together. And when you write, 
like are you kind of just like coming up with like a concept and giving it to a script writer or are you like actually no, writing like a script yourself I write. now that's i touch the keys on that yeah so I what do you use write. like that celtics app or some shit or i i use final draft is celtics for like rookies i don't know what celtics is oh, shit. so okay. i'm on that tell. i gotta switch to final draft final draft to me is what i always been using uh John Singleton, who who discovered me, put me in my first movie, Boys in the Hood. Um, that's that's what we we worked out on, cause he he's the one who got me into writing and not waiting. You know, a lot of actors are waiters, but I'm a writer, so I'll, I'll write what I want to be in and not wait for somebody to come up with it. We we have this podcast, but then we also have like a channel that we do more like sketch, funny shit. Yeah. So, so we write some shit too. What's like the best way to get like a script to stand out to like a producer or something like that? Hmm, you know, it's to me is to try to have a personal conversation with them. You know, if you if you know a producer, you want to kind of talk to them and let them know the concept that you're working on and see what kind of reaction you get. Um. Most most of the time, you ain't going to have the opportunity to do that. So I think a script just got to be like a great meal or, you know, you got to have the right ingredients, the right enough food, enough different uh, courses um, to be, you know, a, a, a feast. And so if you don't have that, if your movie don't have the right ingredients, it probably won't land. And and so that's kind of what I think about before writing writing a script or writing a movie. Does it have enough juicy shit that I want to see in it without even writing it, just thinking about it to even start writing? How long did it take you to write from start to end Friday? To actually write it, it was probably three months because I was my first time writing. So well, it wasn't my first time writing, but it, I was new at it. It took me about three months and I was on tour in Europe at the same time. So, you know, it was what I was doing in between touring. And I was writing it with DJ Pooh, who was here in, in the States. So a lot of conversations, a lot of back and forth. Um, and to polish it up, it, t- it took probably another month or a month and a half to, to actually get it where it was good enough to to attempt to make a movie. Are you, like, surprised by that? Because it goes from, like, probably, like, a passion project, and now it's, like, one of the most iconic movies of all time. That's what we was hoping. Like, yeah. I knew if I had a hood classic, which I had one when I, when I wrote Friday because I had Boys in the Hood. Yeah. But I felt like... You know, I needed to get some classics under my belt and then my career would be long, you know. So we was out to make that like a neighborhood classic. We didn't really care if the rest of the rest of the uh, country got it or, you know, was into it. We was like anybody who know this kind of living, anybody in any kind of neighborhood like this is going to get it. And so sometimes when you focus just on, you know, your clientele, so to speak, um, everybody else join in. Yeah. Sometimes when you're trying to get everybody, you even miss your main audience. Yeah. So always go for your main audience and let everybody else get in where they fit in. It's so crazy, like, because everybody, even me, who can't relate to that at all, loves that movie. You know what I'm saying? I mean, you can relate. Here's the well, here's the movie. Buying Here, weed. Here's why you can here's why you can relate. Because here's what the movie is about. Very basic. It's the day the bully gets his ass kicked. Like, so everybody loves that day. Yeah, right? that's true. Everybody loves the day the bully finally get it. So that's what that movie's about. And Everybody can sit on their porch with their stupid friends and shit <laughs> and clown the neighborhood, you know. So it's it's basic. 
in its in its um structure mm-hmm. on what it's really about you know now it has a lot of ingredients of crazy shit yeah. going on to tell that story so you know that's why you can relate even though you're not from that neighborhood you can relate because you're from a neighborhood and you've done that before like you've sat around with your you know everybody got a stupid friend crazy friend or maybe you do stupid crazy friend but everybody got one you know and and you know they trip on them and don't be shit to do and you make up shit to do you know you yeah. get into shit because of that so it's uh it's relatable in all those aspects you know the 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 things that are happening might not be you know i don't know how many people getting you know a drive-by done on them for two hundred dollars but you never know. Was there a yeah. real life Debo when you were growing up? Yes, there's several of them. Did you actually? Did you actually ever take your one fight? No, I never fought. I never fought uh, the dude we considered Debo. He was actually, you know, my brother had fought him. My brother's older than me. He had fought him before, and so I guess he didn't want to really. He didn't want no more of our family in that way. Fuck yeah. Yeah, so I didn't have to deal with him like most people did. <laughs> what What was it like? One of my favorite movies is like 21 Jump Street in that series. What was it like working on that movie? It was fun. Um, it's a trip because I met Jonah Hill. We was at some kind of, a, some kind of event where they were honoring... Um, uh, Quentin Tarantino, and uh, we was bored and shit. So I walked out in the in the lobby, and John the Hills out there. He see me. He starts to rap. It was a good day. Like, Had I you met him before? or No, never met him before. He just walks up to you and just starts rapping. Like, yeah, yeah. And then, well, he was he he was hitting all the bars like he was doing it well. Yeah, he was dope, and and so he was like. Uh, Yo, man, nice to meet you. Boom, boom, boom. He said, uh, he said, I wrote something that you you'll be perfect for. And he's like, we redoing 21 Jump Street. I'm like, 21 Jump Street. So I remember this show. Yeah. Undercover cops on TV with uh uh what's up boy name? Uh damn. Uh, I can't remember his name. Pirates of the Caribbean. What, Johnny Depp? Johnny, yeah, Johnny Depp. Johnny Depp. He and, he he was on the TV show. So I was like, uh, let me see it. And, and so when I read it, I, I was like, okay, this is like some real crazy shit. So I wanted to do it. And I, I just was like, if I do it, I just want to be the meanest captain that's ever been around like i don't want to play around i want to be the one when you think of mean uh captains because i grew up watching them yeah yeah. you know from beverly hills cop you know the just all kind of tv shows you always got the mean black uh captain yelling so i'm like as long as i could be the meanest like i don't want to i don't want to mess around okay so here's my question for you, because in the movie, in the movie, yeah, he's Jonah sleeps with your daughter. Yeah, that's the second one. So, all right, in twenty two. Yeah. 22. How do you how do you get into character for that? Like, what scenarios do you have to play through your head to get pissed off and be that mean guy? Easy. Just think about it for real. <laughs> <laughs> and you know what you want to do to Jonah Hill if that happened. So okay. it was very easy to get into it. Like you saw what I did to that buffet. Yeah, 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 fuck. yeah, yeah. That buffet, you know, one take. We did it in one take. So, is there stuff that you get offered? You probably do. Just curious, but stuff that you get offered. When do you turn stuff down? All the time, you know. If it's stupid, or if I can't see myself playing that role, or the the the, the characters a sucker. You know what I mean? I don't want to play that. <laughs> I'm not a. I'm not like that kind of actor. 
is there a role that like a challenge that would challenge yourself that you really want to do one day? Not really. You know, I, I, I take it as it come. You know what I'm saying? So I'm, you know, I want to do movies that people can watch over and over and over again. Yeah. That's my, that's my goal. It's not really to play this role or play that role. Cause if you only watch it once and then you don't never watch it again, what difference do it make that I played yeah. this guy? Like the movie got to be good when it come on. You got to check it out. You know what I'm saying? If you see it on TV, you got to stop and just watch it. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's that's to me the measure of a great movie. Not how much money it make, not how many Oscars it get, but how many times can you watch it? Yeah, that's, that's a good, good way, way to, to look it. at it. That's Friday. Yeah. And Boys in the Hood. Yep. Over and over and over again. Never get old. How has, like, the, the industry changed, like, over the last, like, 10 years? Like, it's kind of like... There's not a there is movies in theaters and stuff like that, but has like the new model of like Netflix and Hulu and all that has that changed like the industry in any way or no? I think it's changed. I think it's changed things in some ways for the better for the audience. The audience, if it wasn't Netflix and these streamers, half the stuff that y'all like that y'all see y'all wouldn't even get because they wouldn't do the numbers at the box office and so they would never get made. Like the box office started to get greedy. You know, it's like all or nothing. So you got to either have a movie that make a billion dollars or, or they don't even really want to talk to you. So look at all the movies you miss out on if you always just trying to get the billion dollar movie. So that's what Hollywood started to to just get franchise um, crazy. So then you start missing those in-between movies that that we end up loving more than those super big-ass billion-dollar movies. Um, you know, you just start losing that. So, so either they want to do it super cheap mm -hmm. or super expensive and you get you you miss those mid-range movies that usually are the best like if you think of some of the most juicy movies that you like they were not blockbusters yeah no they were just good ass movies um so they had stopped making those so when you have netflix and these other ones coming in they started to make those movies because it wasn't about box office. It was about getting people to subscribe. Mm -hmm. So a lot of movies that and TV that we would never see ends up getting made because of the goal is different with the streamer than it is with the box office. Damn. That's, well, yeah, once it comes about the money, it all kind of changes too, right? Hollywood is always about money yeah. i mean sometimes it's about the propaganda but like the passion it seems like it's kind of how gone. so what you mean how, how so like when is it about the propaganda every other movie damn near yeah <laughs> it's always about the propaganda and some movies get made because of propaganda over profit and some movies get made because they know they're going to make a profit is there any but movies you could say movies, but both movies are just as important to Hollywood, profit and propaganda. Is there any movies you think that are just like propaganda? You don't have to, but if you want. There's a lot of them. That's how they all, it seems I mean, like. The movies that you'd be like, the title is like, the title could be Styrofoam Cup. But when you watch it, it's about the deep state taking over your life. It's like, wait a minute. You know, why is this called Styrofoam Cup? You know, it's it's called Styrofoam Cup so you don't look. But it's made, it's, it's made really to uh, spread a message. Yeah, I see a lot of people complaining about that recently. Like a lot of right-wing people, like they'll, they'll bring back an old movie like Little Mermaid or something. And then they'll make like Sebastian the Crab like gay or something. 
which I, I always thought he was kind of like a fruit ball in the first movie anyway. So I, I think that they're just, you know, I don't I have a problem with that specifically, but you know what I mean? Well, I mean, he look, was always a little weird, Sebastian the Crab. Like you could kind yeah. of tell in the first one. I mean, I, I heard I heard Snow White. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. And the seven dwarves. That the dwarves are really your mood swings when you're coming off of cocaine. Really? Yeah, and you have Snow White, and you have Grumpy, and angry, and so sleepy. You hit all, you hit all the flavors. All these things. That's what I. So, you know, movies have sometimes a sinister. Steiny's like, holy fuck! <laughs> a, a sinister. Um, you know, adults make cartoons, so you got to be careful. A lot of those classics, I feel like, though, there's always those like deeper messages that people miss. Always. Even like with Spongebob, I've heard a bunch yes. of series. And sh- Spongebob yeah. came out too, right? <clears throat> came out where? He came out as like gay too. I don't know. No, yeah. but it's, no, he did. No, but what I'm saying is like there's a lot of hidden messages in that show. Apparently, they're like way dirtier and raunchier. But yeah. I don't, I don't know how deep you want to get into it. I used to see all these like YouTube videos like Disney has all these like really weird like sexual things and stuff like that. Like, Yeah, that's, 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 that's just a whole that, other level. Yeah, right? you know. But <laughs> all right, let's talk about. Yeah, we don't want to get you in trouble. Talk about the big three. <laughs> big three, yeah. Big three is uh, is season six, best season ever. Here it come, uh, all summer long, starting June twenty fifth. Uh, we in Chicago, but you know we playing New York, we playing Boston. Is the championship in London? Championship is in London. Uh, playoffs is in DC. We in Memphis, Charlotte, Dallas. I got an idea. I think we can get John Morant to the big three. What do you think? <laughs> Hell yeah. Come on, man. <laughs> He's on his way there, bro. Hey, you know, um, we'll welcome him with open arms. What do you think? Like, how does that happen two times? Yeah, what's up with him? You know, I can't tell you what's, uh, you know, up. You know, I'm. it's his business. But at the end of the day, I think, you know, it's sometimes it's hard to. It, it's just as hard to take success as it is failure, and. You know, when you're very successful, you go from being, you know, one of the one of the homies to. The homie, everybody want to talk about. You know, everybody, dealing with you in a different way. So a lot of people don't like that. A lot of people really want to put the genie genie back in the bottle and they 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 want to just you know go back to their life how it was or or be treated from their family and friends how it was but them days are over mm-hmm. you know he's a he's a star on his way to be a superstar and he got to make the adjustment even if it's you know be becoming a little different with his family and friends because they're a little different with him. Right. Yeah. The NBA Youngboy album just got him too fired up and like I think or something, right? I don't <laughs> know. That's what he was. I mean, who knows, you know. Um Yeah, you know, I can't say because I wasn't there, but you know, it looked like he just having too much fun. Do you, what about with with your league? Do you have like a personal relationship with a lot of the players or do you just kind of yeah. oversee I'm cool. I mean, a little both. You know, I got to, you know, make sure I set the stage for them. And I got to be fair to all of them. And and so, you know, I got a personal relationship with, you know, most of the league. You know, but I still got to, you know, be fair to everybody. So I can't let that cloud my judgment. And where did the passion for you come from to start the league? Like just loving basketball or Sick of, you know, sports is bullshit in the summer. It's just whack. Yeah. Like, I don't like. Just baseball. I mean, it's 
Mid-season baseball is cool, but it's not like, you know, postseason. Yeah. Um, then you have, you know, the NBA got their summer league. You know, that shit lasts about a game or two. <laughs> you know, once you see the best player play or the yeah. player that got picked number one, you realize who he playing against. Them dudes ain't going to be in the NBA. So you just tune out after a game or two. Yeah. Um, golf, tennis, you know, pickleball. Shit, y'all play pickleball? No, I don't. Okay. Yep. Fuck no. <laughs> and so preseason football, you know. So, you know, only only game in town is the big three. Yeah. The only thing that really is hard-nosed competition 10 weeks, so it's quick. You know, it's not like you got to watch 82 games or 160 games. It's 10 games. And so it's, it's, it's the perfect time for the perfect game, for the perfect season. And so that's where we are. Who's a player that you've been, like, heavily trying to pursue to get to come and you just can't get him? Oh, you mean, well... I haven't been pursuing them to the point where I just want them to get in and they haven't got in. But, you know, we want Isaiah Thomas. We want Dwight Howard. We want uh, Paul Millsap. We want Lou Williams, Boogie Cousins, um, LaMarcus Aldridge. You know, these are guys that just left the league and we, we want them. Mm -hmm. So, you know, come on, come to the big three, have some fun. You know, you still want a ball. Stop playing. Do you got to compete with, like, the overseas, though, that are paying bags? Like, because Dwight's in, like, Taiwan or something, right? Yeah. You know, but they the bag is okay for them overseas, but they want to play in front of hometown, soon, anyway, hometown so. crowd. You know what I'm saying? They want to play in front of everybody. And um, we on CBS all summer long. You know what they used to. You know, nobody's seeing them in Taiwan. <laughs> yeah. Taiwan's going to get invaded soon probably too so he'll he'll probably jet back here. Well, yeah, we, let's not let's not hope that happen no, but no, but no. at the end of the day you never know. The 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 world is very volatile right Maybe. now. Okay, yeah. I got another guy if we can't get job, why don't we go get Dylan Brooks? <laughs> yeah, he can come play with us. <laughs> you know, we like we like trash talking. See, he won't get texts. Yeah. You know, the NBA is they need to cut that shit out. Like team people love for looking at each other crazy. You know, we, big three, you can dunk on somebody, you can talk about their mama, you can, you know what I mean, stand over them, whatever you think you want to do to 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 elevate your game or to whatever, you know, you could be yourself in the big three. And uh, I think that's what people like about the league. We're not robots. We don't pay to see robots. You know, AI is taking over. You know, maybe David Stern won't. I mean, not David Stern. What's this Adam dude? Adam Silver. Yeah. Maybe his ass wants some AI basketball players, and then he can keep them quiet and tell them what to do and turn them off and turn them on <laughs> when he wants to. We need to have these guys mic'd up out there, bro, if they're really talking like that. We on CBS, though. You know, yeah, I I gotta, know. I, we got we to, gotta, you know, thread the needle a little bit. We already got them, you know, yelling all kind of, fucks and shit. You can put all those that clips on like social media though or some shit. Yeah, we do. You know, like we, mic'd up clips. Yep, That'd be funny. We do. You know, it's usually the guy that's losing don't want want to wear the mic. You know, yeah. middle of the game, he think the mic is the reason why he loses. So they Oh, those guys are the worst. The the guy? Yeah. It's this mic. It's always something, bro. <laughs> they tear off their sleeves. Yeah. Something's not right about the jersey. All that. Throw their headband in the crowd when they having a bad game. It's like it's not the headband. It's that bullshit jump shot, bro. What, what do you think you got to do to just grow this thing to be, like, just have your audience be bigger than it's ever been? Um, well, we're getting back to the model. You know, for the last two years, and even after, you know, the year we had a COVID year, we had to shut down. And these last two years, we've been kind of in a bubble mm -hmm. because we was worried about COVID. Then we was worried about monkeypox and all kind of shit. So... We was in a bubble the last two years, and this model wasn't built for a bubble. It was built to go around the country. So getting back to the to the model of do it, getting the excitement that we had going in, you know, 2018 and 2019, getting it back, you know, uh, that's, that's the key for this year. It's going to happen because, you know, 
we still got the best thing to watch in the summer. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So you're kind of like the Dana White of, like, basketball, like, the way you're running it. Like, no fucks, like, kind of just doing what you think works, not being so, like, political and proper. I love it. (laughs) (laughs) So I think, you know, boxing, boxing ignored the, the, the mixed martial art UFC style. They dismissed it as, you know, um, savage. Yeah, nobody would ever uh, turn on to that over boxing. And it was on the, you know, outside looking in now at this point, you know, UFC, I think, is a little more popular. Uh, So, same thing might happen with the NBA. You know, right now, the playoffs is great, but the regular season is boring. And. They're dismissing what we're doing. You never know, you know. Yeah. You never know. Are you still watching? You still watching NBA and the Lakers right now, their run? Yeah, but not as intense as I used to. Why? Because I'm not a fan of the NBA like I used to be. You just think it's changed that much? Yeah, I do. How so? Um, I think it's leadership. I think they need new leadership. At what level? Like the very the highest level. Like the commissioner. Yeah, the commissioner. Mr. Burns. What would be your first change if you were the next commissioner? Uh or first thing you do? Fire Adam Silver. <laughs> <laughs> no, but if you were in his position to change the league. Um well, I'm not worried about his league. I'm worried about my league. So I'm worried about the big three. He got his own problems. And you know, he'll deal with them accordingly or not. Yeah. It doesn't matter to me. Yeah. 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 Even like the NHL commissioner, he's like soft as fuck too. It's just like a thing. I don't know why, but it's just weird. They lawyers. And, yeah. You know, they're not real they sports hell too. They're not real like, you know, I'm an entertainment guy. It's not like I'm straight from the NBA, but I'm not a, you know, I'm not just a lawyer just given the job because I'm a lawyer. True. Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, we're, we watch. I watch all the time, so I'm excited. Appreciate it, man. June 25th, season six. And where's game one? In Chicago, you Chicago. Said? Yep. Fuck yeah. Yeah, man. Y'all should come out. Yeah, I'm down. Wait, sorry. What? June? June 25th. June 25th. Yeah. Okay, so going back to, because we were talking about Boys in the Hood, your son was in, he played you in Straight Outta Compton. Yeah. Did, how, you orchestrated that probably or like how how big of an accomplishment or how proud of you to see that happen dream come true in a lot of ways um you know once i knew we were actually gonna make the movie for real um because it, you know the movie had had actually you know taken four years to really uh get it all the way ready uh so I just went to him because he had he had been on tour with me. He had jumped on stage and performed, and and I saw that he wasn't um, shy when it came to the mic and to you know just being out there. So I asked him. I'm like, "Yo, you know, look like we're gonna do this NWA movie." And guess what? He was like, "What?" I said, "I want you to play me." He was like, "Okay." I was like, damn. <laughs> That's it? That Just was like too that. easy. <laughs> I said, man, you serious? He said, yeah, I'll do it. But he he didn't seem like he was serious. So I said, okay, I, I got to I gotta see if he really want to do it. Because it's better for him to tell me no now or figure, it, figure it out that it's not going to happen now than to put him through the process. So I started to kind of run him through the ringer, you know, through – I sent him to a couple of acting coaches, one in L.A. He did that. And then I sent him to New York. He did that. But I still didn't know how serious he was till he till he came to me and said, uh, I'm supposed to go meet with the acting teacher today or whatever, coach. So I'm like, oh, okay. He's taking the initiative himself to do it. And so... Then I had to, you know, once I got him serious, then I had to go to to Gary Gray, who directed the movie. He directed Friday. He directed uh, 
it was a good day video for me too. So I had to tell him and, uh, he was, he was mad when I told him, I said, uh, guess who I want to play me? He said, he said, who? I was like, my son. He was like, man, Q, what the fuck? I thought we was making a real movie. I said, man, this is a real movie. This is a real movie. What you talking about? I said, he can do it. I said, you're going to help him do it. Just like John Singleton helped me on my first movie. You're going to help him. It's going to be right. <laughs> I said, he'll audition everything. If he's not the right dude, you find a better ice cube, we'll, we'll take the better one. So that made him feel a little better. So then I had to convince Universal. Because Universal, Donna Langley at Universal, she really had the last say. You know, she could have vetoed it. She could have said, no, nah, let's find a, a, a trained actor. And so she said, let him do a screen test. So he did a screen test with about four other fake-ass ice cubes. <laughs> and uh, he was the best one, so he got the job. So I was right. Did it turn out? Like, were you pretty happy with how it all turned out? Hell yeah. Did an amazing job. Not just him, but everybody. Everybody in the movie did. An amazing job, and they they definitely took on the aura of, crazy, of how yeah. we were when we was younger. Yeah, NWA. Was there any like politics, or was it tough to like get everyone to kind of sign off yeah. to get that going? Like, what was that yeah, like? Yeah, it was hard. You know, we had to you know, get Dre on board. He didn't want to make a movie about NWA. He thought we was gonna. You know, most most movies about groups or artists are bullshit. Right. It's only a few great ones. And um thank God the last great one was was Ray at the time. So I had I was like, man, we're gonna do something on the level of Ray. You know, uh, it's not gonna be, you know, some bullshit. Bro, real quick, Jamie Foxx does not get enough credit for his performance nah, in nah. Ray. He killed it. He Jamie Foxx, um, and you know, I just want to say get well soon. Yeah. Is one of the most talented uh people out here. Mm -hmm, like he's one sure. of our most talented people. Yeah. You know, um he can sing, he can he can Impersonate. Act, he can do comedy, <laughs> you know. Um you know, he could pretty much do it all. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah, we've had him on here before, and he was just going crazy on the bat with all the impersonations, and yeah, he's, he's, he's so funny. Yeah, he's one of our, our most talented people. How much did they come to you? So they come to you, Dre, Snoop, and while they're making the movie and getting your guys' opinions on things? or What do you mean? I produced the movie. No, I know, but like with Dre and Snoop as well? Yeah, I mean, Dre was right there. But are there like disagreements on how things happened or? Yeah, we worked all that out in the beginning. You know, it was about uh, talking about what happened, getting everybody's viewpoint of what happened and figuring out how to make it, you know, take 10 years and turn it into two hours. Mm -hmm. So it was, uh, you know, some things were summaries more than boom, boom, boom. Mm -hmm. And some things were actual events. So it was a mixture of, you know, you still have to tell a story. You know what I mean? You can't just do a documentary. Yeah. Yeah. How tense was, like, that time compared to, like, what's going on now? Would you say it's, like, more tense now or, or back then? I don't know. You know, it it all feels the same sometimes. Like, uh, big crowds at hip hop events, you know, they pretty much feel the same. So, um, Little Wing is now streaming on Paramount Plus. I'm in a period of emotional upheaval. Is that all the oh, I don't care crap? A little adventure. Where are you going? I'm gonna steal a bird from the Russian pigeon mafia. Let's do it. Goes a long way. 
Starring Brooklyn Prince with Kelly Riley and Brian Cox. Life can hurt, but life is sweet. Little Wayne, rated PG-13, may be inappropriate for children under 13. Now streaming exclusively on Terramont Plus. Not more t- intense than, than, you know, when we was doing it with NWA, but not less either. You know, the... There's always a threat. You know, if you any if you anywhere and somebody could have a gun on them, it's just more tense. Like we could be in here. If you knew somebody had a gun on them, you would you would be tense without even tensing up. So, you know, it's the same thing. Is there a point when you changed? Because obviously in the movie and you know you come from south central la yeah do you still have that same mentality that you grew up with i think i do no i like how i grew up i love how i grew up once you get like money in hollywood does things change like was it hard for you to do are we there yet because it was so like nah you know it's acting it's an acting gig you know it's a character and i did it for a purpose i knew that my audience had kids mm-hmm. and and I wanted to I want their kids to relate to me and not and not their parents to have to say Ice Cube man he used to be the ooh you should have seen him when he was doing it like I don't want them stories I want the kids to run up and be like yo I want to see the new Ice Cube movie yeah so um that's what are we there are we there yet you know delivered um and and so you know that's why I did this Ninja Turtles uh movie cuz that young audience see kids are always going to come they're always going to have something to, parents are always going to have something for them to watch yeah and if they get familiar with you as they become a kid once they get of age and then start hearing the music, you're already cool. You know what I'm saying? So the music just take another, take your career to another dimension. So now you have another fan that's grown up from this big to to y'all big, you know? And and they keep coming because they keep watching Are We There Yet? Now they're going to watch the Ninja Turtles. Another kid come, mom and daddy push all we there yet in front of them. So the movie don't go nowhere, but the kids keep coming and they keep growing into, you know, many little Ice Cube fans. Would there would there ever be a straight out of Compton like two or like a kind of extension of the movie? What happens after? Could be. Because it ended you know, kind it, of like it's cool. it's it's it'd be very difficult to to pull it together. But it's not impossible. What would be the hardest part of it, like putting it together? Just getting everyone on board and stuff again? Yeah. Getting the cast back together and and everybody still um, was dedicated to, you know, becoming those characters again. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So it's a physical dedication, too. I guess yeah, with a movie so legendary like that too, it's the stakes are high because you got to crush the second one too, right? Yeah, yeah. Did you feel that pressure when you were doing Friday with like next Friday, Friday after the next? Did you always want to make the sequel like, yo, this has to be better? Was there pressure because Friday nah, was so, such a hit? Nah, nah. The key was not to even try to top the first one. The key was to make to make next Friday stand on its own as a movie whether you seen Friday one or not. Yeah. And then do the same thing with the third one to make it just a good movie, whether you seen the second one or the first one. So no matter where you, which one you see, you're going to see a good movie that's not really leaning on the last movie. Mm-hmm. I'm sure you've talked about this. I just don't know. I'm curious. But did was Chris Tucker not talked about being in next Friday? Because I know it was Mike Epps, but. Yeah, he we wanted him. You know, he he turned it down. Really? Yeah, he turned it down. Um, you'll hear a thousand different stories, uh, but yeah, we wanted to pay him twelve million dollars to do that movie, and he turned it down. 
He said it was for religious reasons. He didn't want to. He didn't want to cuss, and he didn't want to smoke weed on camera. Bro, yeah. I mean, I'm going to tell you, Mike. Mike Epps did a great job. Next Friday was hilarious, but it's just he was so great in the first one. That's just wild. Yeah, I mean, but I'm glad he didn't do it because we wouldn't have Mike. Yeah, you know, Mike. Um, you know, to me is funnier. You know, just as a pure comic. Yeah. As a kind of switching up, but as an OG, what do you think about this new wave of rappers? The new how the industry is kind of going now. What do you like it's, about it? What you what don't you like about it? Um. I mean, I like the beats. I mean, the 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 artists are getting lost in in auto tunes and you know now that you had an ai computer you know i think people don't want a computerized rapper no more you know they want they want to hear your voice like i don't know any rappers by their voice no more i used to know all the rappers just on uh, hear their voice know who that is so i think they need to they need to figure out how to put that auto tunes down and we need to hear what people sound like and if you know there there is good because i think ai is demonic i think ai <laughs> is going to get a backlash from real people real organic people and um so i think artists need to go back to to using a real voice and, and and making sure people know this is authentic and not made from a computer. Mm-hmm. What you're saying, artists are like using AI. Well, I think auto tunes sounds computer like, right? And I think it's all starting to sound artificial. Is there so any I'm saying, people because that can use of AI? Huh? Is there any people that use autotune? Like T Pain's got to have a pass on autotune, right? Well, T Pain is an original. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So I don't, I don't, I don't fault T Pain. Like T Pain's fire, yeah. He's an original, so just like him. just like Roger Troutman is an original. See, they can use it without any, you know, that's their style. Yeah. But a lot of people took their style and ran with it, and now everybody uses it. And I think it's going to be a backlash because of AI. I think people are going to want things organic and not artificial. Yeah. And it sounds artificial. I think AI is scaring a lot of artists too, right? Because like the AI artists, I don't know if you're on TikTok or anything, but like they're everywhere on TikTok. There's like there's like been AI like, Drake's just yeah. snapping on TikTok. Yeah, I think that's I think that's uh, terrible. Yeah. Have you heard you know, the AI Drake song? Nope. Do you, I don't want to hear an AI Drake song. Me neither, but you it's everywhere like, on the internet. Yeah, I don't want to hear that bullshit. <laughs> there's an AI. You should sue whoever made it. There's an AI yeah. Ice Cube coming for you, bro. Yep, I, and I'm going to sue the motherfucker who make it, too. And the people <laughs> in the platform that play it. <laughs> you know. It's like somebody can't take, can't take you and and um it's like a sample yeah you know what i mean somebody can't take your original voice and manipulate it without having to pay yeah it's crazy how it could do that yeah because they just record like a reference track and then the the computer just changes it to whoever's voice yeah you know to me it's like sampling That's nuts and you know if i steal somebody baseline or sample i ain't gonna say steal but if I don't pay for it, that is stealing. Steal somebody's baseline, they can come after me. Uh, no matter how much I manipulated in the computer and changed the notes and whatever, they recognize it and it's a sample, they can come after me. So that's what the artist should do. Is there any artists like who's like your favorite kind of new artist? Is there any? I don't know about like favorite. You Anyone know, you There's like nobody I'm not really like. It's nobody I'm just breaking my neck to get their record. Yeah, because a lot of rap shit now, it's just like you listen to it for a second, then it's just kind of like stale pretty quick, right? Yeah, 
don't have a long shelf life. Why? Do you think that's the because passion or the it, art behind it? I just think stuff. it all sounds yeah. the same. It's all artificial. Like, well, people are getting tired of that artificial, computerized sound mm-hmm. because of I. What was the you last know, rap album you like actually bumped for a long time, Steiny? Finally Rich, Chief Keef. No, no. Well, I'm, oh, Get Rich recent. or Die Trying, I still listen to all the time. No, I'm saying more recent shit. Well, I don't know. Yeah. You think what's more is mine. Do you bang the oldies like that all the time? Your old yeah, music? sometimes I get into it, yeah. Yeah. How, how often do you ever like go just go to the studio just to like try and see if you can put something together? I'm making music right now. I got an album coming out called Man Down. When's that so, coming out? Hopefully a little later this year. That's dope. Yeah. Obviously paying respects to the OGs, but do you think it's tough now to compete with the newer guys? I'm not competing with nobody. No? Nope. I don't have no competition. I got clientele. Hell yeah. People that like Ice Cube shit, that's who I serve. Everybody else, get in where they fit in or get out. Love that. I was at your uh, one of your shows with Snoop in Nashville. Yeah. What, what's your like relationship with Snoop now? Very cool. You know, we're in the same group together. You know what I mean? Uh, Mount Westmore. So, number love, you know, um, it's always been like that. What do you think about him buying Death Row Records? I think it's dope. You know, um, he he started off on Death Row. He got a lot of history. And, you know, I, I think it should be in control of him over who had the shit, Milton Bradley or one of them toy companies or some shit had it. Um, and and so I think it should be in control of the people who who made the music. How about uh how about Dr. Dre? Are you guys still cool or what's yeah, he, your relationship? He just like texted me uh this weekend. Um he he had went down La Brea and saw a picture of NWA and took it and, and uh texted it to me. And um you know, so we, we, we hitting each other up all the time. He working on music right now, him and Snoop. Uh so looking forward to hearing what that sound like. That's dope. Do you have any other passion projects like that you haven't gotten to do yet that you have to accomplish? You know, at this point, it's really about, you know, making sure the big three is successful. And, you know, once I'm happy with that, as far as I'm happy with with the progress and that the league can can stand on its own two feet, then I'll I'll look for other passion projects. But, you know, this this is probably the biggest project I got going and it's been a seven year run. So, you know, I expect it to at least be a ten year run and then we'll see what's next. I mean it seems like everything you've done that we've seen has been pretty fucking successful, right? I hope so. And I mean not everything. I think, you know, it's really about quality. You know, entertainment is 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 fickle. So you never know if your best work is even going to get accepted or your your worst work could could be loved more than anything. So I don't think you can really worry about that. I think you just do your best and give people quality and whoever come across it, run across it, you know, hopefully they like it and it's not a waste of their time and money. And that's really all you could do. What do you think is some of the the best advice you've ever gotten just in the industry or from a mentor that you've had? To be an original, you know, be authentic and let the chips fall where they may. Um, You know, don't worry about pleasing people. Just be yourself and let the chips fall where they may. That's pretty dope. Yeah. Yeah. One more thing I wanted to ask about was um like in the twenty twenty when you kind of supported Trump and stuff like that. What what did you think about like because you're Hollywood, you know, there's a lot of like propaganda and stuff like that. What was that like getting flack for that? I mean, I never supported Trump or Biden. I never asked to speak to the Republicans or the Democrats. I created a 
document called The Contract with Black America that spelled out a lot of different issues that we believe were the reason why it was so much unrest after George Floyd was killed. Um, and I, I released the document and everybody wanted to talk to me. The Republicans asked to talk to me and the Democrats. I went to talk to both of them about the contract. The Republicans asked, could they implement some things from the contract in the, into their proposal? And I said, the document was open for anybody to use in any way they desired. So if they just want to use it as educational purposes, they could. They wanted to add more, you know, paragraphs or more ideas to it, they could. They wanted to use it to change, get a law change, they could. So I didn't mind them using it. I met with the Democrats. The Democrats said, we like 90% of what's in there and we'll talk to you after the election about it. And I said, okay. And I felt like after that, everybody started to pile on and say that I was for Trump and I was for this and I was for that. It's not true. Yeah, I didn't see the issue with it because it's like, I mean, it's just cool that you're trying to to make a difference, right? Like yep. You, you got to like start somewhere, you're right? You're kind of an advocate for social justice forever. Yeah, I mean, whoever's in power, you have to you have to talk to the people in power. You can't, you know, even enemies talk. Like Russia's fighting Ukraine, you know, these people get on the phone and talk to each other. So just because you might not agree or you could be, you know, so-called hate or mad or whatever, but you have to dialogue. If not, you know, what's the next step? It's fighting if you don't talk. You think there's like a stigma amongst like the Afri African-American community to like Republicans and stuff like that? I don't know what's going on in the African-American community when it comes to that. You know what I mean? Like, black people have supported Democrats, you know, uh, overwhelmingly for mm -hmm. 50, 60 years. And, and nothing has changed. So something's got to change. Yeah, as an outsider, like, it seems like you can only, like, think one way and you kind of get, like, I see like people getting criticized for like having their own opinions and stuff like that. Yeah. That's, that's pretty much um, how things have kind of fell out. You know, it's like you got, you got one or two ways to do things or, you know, if you, if you're not in lockstep with everybody else, then they think you're against them. Yeah. Yeah. Would you do anything in 2024? Anything like what? Just like be involved in any way or? I doubt it. You know, my thing I did with what I set out to do is put out the contract with Black America. And it's still a document that anybody can use at any time. Where, where did all that passion just for like activism and stuff? Was there a certain moment in your life where you knew you had to be this guy? Um, yeah, when you got the mic, you got to use it. That's all I know. When you got the bike, you got to use it. But growing up and stuff, you just became very passionate about it because it's also big in the movie. Yeah, when where... you grow up, you know, you grow up black in America. I don't I don't see how you can grow up without being passionate about, you know, rights and getting, you know, getting your rights and getting things done. The, the way they should be done. Cool. All right. Well, dude, you're. I think this is awesome, bro. We don't want to hold you too long. Wait, you're the man. 
Big Appreciate three, it. June 26th. 25th. 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 Yep, Chicago. And when does it air on like TV? Same day. June 25th, we're on CBS. Is it every certain day Every of the week? Every Saturday or, or Sunday. Every Saturday, Sunday, what time? You know, the times vary. You know, sometimes it's 1 o'clock Eastern. Sometimes it's 3, 3 p.m. Eastern. All right. Well, we'll yeah. be tuning into that. June 25th. Yeah. Dylan Saturday, Brooks, Sunday. John Morant. We'll see you there. Yeah, Let's yeah. go. Come on with it. All right, guys. We appreciate you, bro. Thank Later. you.